I would like to dedicate this podcast for Rufur Shalema, a perfect healing for the wounded from the recent terror attacks in Israel. Aurel Batlimor, Odel Bat Miriam, Moshe Ben Orli, Natan Ben Odel, Mayitzhak Yitzchak Ben Sarah, Aaron Moshe Chaim Ben Chaya Chana, Devir Ben Shoshana, Avam Ben Rut, Ron Shai Ben Sigalit, Sahar Ben Shoshana, Yosef Chaim Ben Zahava, Meor Ben Daniela, Noah Shalev Ben Rut. May God bless them and give them a perfect healing. Bereshit, the end and the beginning. The first verse with which the Torah opens is Bereshit bara Elohim et HaShemayim v'ta'aretz. This verse is normally translated as, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. From that translation, we would infer that this verse is talking about the beginning of the creation, which then subsequently unfolds in the rest of the chapter. But the sages of the Zohar viewed this sentence rather differently. They taught that the word Bereshit refers to the spiritual stage through which God made his creation manifest. They looked at the word created and saw it as describing the finish of creation rather than its beginning. So, we could translate this first verse as Through the spiritual stage, marked by the word Bereshit, God created the heaven and the earth. And in its opening sentence, the Torah then describes the final completion of the creation of the heaven and the earth, not only its beginning. And it was good. In all its details, the Zohar teaches that the finish of creation is already implicit in the creative act. For example, God said, let there be light, and there was light. This light, the Zohar teaches, is the light of the finish of creation. The light is already finished and complete. It is the perfection of creation. So from what the sages are teaching us, the Torah is describing simultaneously the completion of the creation, its beginning, and its process of unfolding. How is this possible? We can get a glimpse of understanding from the teaching that Rabbi Ashlag gives in his introduction to the Zohar, where he explains this phenomenon by looking at the souls. He teaches that the souls of man actually exist simultaneously in three states. The first state is the state of the infinite, in which the souls are already complete in their full rectification, receiving all the good and joy that God intends for them within the purpose of creation. This first state is actually a copy from the future, when the complete rectification of the souls will have taken place in actual practice. This rectification is the work that the soul undertakes during its incarnation in this world. This time of incarnation in this world, during which the soul does its work, is the second state of the soul. When the soul finishes this work, it attains the third state. This is its completion in which it's able to receive in full and actual consciousness 
the great delight and joy that it's already receiving in its first state in the infinite. This first state from which all comes forth and yet is already complete comes about because the Creator does not have any need of process as we do. From the Creator's thought immediately comes forth everything needed to complete that thought right to the very end. He thought it and it was. So we can be absolutely certain of the ultimate goodness, the ultimate fulfillment of the creation that's going to happen in the best possible way because it's already actually in existence. So if we look again at this first verse, Bereshit bara Elohim et maybe we can translate it as, according to the first thought, God created the heaven and the earth. When we study the Zohar, which is the central book of the Kabbalah, we find that its first volume, which deals with this first sentence of the Torah, occupies itself almost exclusively with the fulfillment of the creation, known as the Gemar HaTikun, which means the full rectification. So we see that the end of the creation is already well implied in the beginning. In the mystical song Lahadodi, with which we welcome the Shabbat, the Sabbath itself being an embodiment of the fulfillment of creation, we find the phrase Sof Maasei Bamachshava Tachila. The end of the action is implicit in its first thought. Now we need to ask the question what does this new understanding that we have of the first sentence of the Torah? really mean for us? It means that we can have a great joy and hope here and now in our present life, knowing that whatever it looks like in its process, as human beings we're coming to our perfection because our perfection is inevitable. Our perfection is already present. In the books of the prophets, there are many visions of the beauty and goodness and peace that mankind will have when the humanity as a whole will be able to do its work in consciousness and reach its Gemarati Kun. But the teaching that I want to look at today is one which deals with how each person will feel at the end of the Tikkun on a personal level. But the teaching that I want to look at today it's one which deals with how an individual may feel at the end of the Tikkun, and it comes from the work Ethics of the Fathers. Rabbi Meir says, Whoever occupies himself with Torah for the Torah's own sake will merit many things. Not only that, but the whole world becomes worthwhile to him. He's called friend, beloved, love of the one, a love of all people. One who gives joy to God, one who gives joy to people. He's clothed in humility and in the fear of being separated from the Creator. He's fitted to be a tzaddik, a pious one, upright and faithful, keeping his fellow far from sin and bringing his fe fellow closer to God. Others rejoice in his counsel and in his wisdom, 
in his understanding and his fortitude. As tis said, I have counsel and wisdom. I am understanding. I have fortitude. Sovereignty is given to him, governance and resource in judgment. Secrets of the Torah are revealed to him, and he becomes like an ever-flowing spring, like a river that does not cease. He is modest and long-suffering, forgiving those who insult him, and he is great and exalted over all God's created beings. In a similar vein, Rabbi Ashlag wrote in his introduction to the 10th Srirot, Taste and see that God is good. Those people who fulfill Torah and Mitzvot in the correct way, which is not for one's self-interest, but only for the sake of giving benefit to others or of giving to God, are those who taste the true taste of life. They see and bear witness to the fact that God is good. The sages have taught us that God created the worlds in order to benefit his creatures. It is in the nature of the good to do good. And in the third state of the soul, in the completion of creation, we will, in actual practice, in actuality, we will be able to taste this goodness. Rabbi Ashla continues, One who lives in the consciousness of Torah and mitzvot not only enjoys his or her own life, but he or she is happy to give birth to children to whom they bequeath this good life. This is the meaning of, in order that you and your seed shall live. A person then has additional joy in the life of his or her children, as he or she was a prime cause of them. When we look at the lives of the sages, the great Sadiqim, we can see that they really did reach this point of seeing that God is good and all his works are good. Even within the difficulties of every day, they could taste and see that God is good in his creation. They actually were able to experience the finish of creation here in this world. How do we come to this knowledge of the goodness of God to the extent that we can actually taste it as a physical sensation? The truth is that God's light is already here. It's because we don't have the correct receiving vessels, because our vessels are out of tune, that we can't receive this light. Being in tune means giving to God unconditionally. So we need to actually do the work. We need to do the work of the state two of the souls, doing our rectification and actual practice, in order to come to our state three, when we will be able to taste and see the light of God in total consciousness. This work is undertaken as tikkun and is the way taught by the Torah and the mitzvot of the Torah. We said that the Torah actually speaks to these three states of the soul simultaneously. We've seen how state one and state three are the completion of the soul. Where in the creation story does it talk about state two, the process that the soul undertakes in order to come to its completion in actual practice? We can find this out in the Zohar, which is the innermost part of the Torah. And the Zohar teaches how the mitzvot are actually hidden there in the first chapter of creation. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, through whom the Zohar was channeled, teaches that each act of creation given in the Torah as a pronouncement by God has as its inner meaning one of the core mitzvot of the Torah. And God said, let there be light. This pronouncement refers to the mitzvah of loving God. 
And God said, Let the waters be gathered to one place and the dry land appear. This is the mitzvah of seeing the unity of God, that he is good and does good. Every mitzvah of the Torah is part of the creation itself. And the creation itself embodies ways that we can come closer to God in affinity of form. Do we have to wait for the Gemara Tikkun to get a taste of this true perfection? Or can we taste it now in our lifetime? The answer is the Sabbath. The taste of the completion of creation is in the Sabbath. As we know, the creation story finishes with the Sabbath. The Sabbath day is out of time. Its essence is that of the fulfilment of creation. It is the holiness of the light of God taken out of the normal sequence of time and given to us each week. On the Shabbat, we receive an aspect of the manifestation of God's life in reality. We welcome the Shabbat by lighting the Sabbath candles and sanctifying the day over wine. And the heavens and the earth and all their hosts were completed. And God finished on the seventh day his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, for on it he rested from all his work which God created. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has hallowed us with his commandments, has desired us, and has given us in love and goodwill his holy Sabbath as a heritage, in remembrance of the work of creation. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadita Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahoa School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.